Hi, y'all. This is Carrie D. from Coffee with Carrie. Welcome to Season 2 of Coffee with Carrie podcast. It's such a privilege to do this adventure we call homeschooling with you. Thank you for tuning in again and walking this homeschooling journey with us. If you're new to us, you can find us on Instagram at Coffee with Carrie Consultant or at our website, coffeewithcarrie.org. So stick around, pour yourself a cup of coffee, put your feet up, and take a little coffee break with me. I think you'll be encouraged. This podcast is a recording of our second session from our special weekend for homeschooling moms back in March. At the request of the moms in attendance, we recorded our sessions so we could share them with our Coffee with Carrie podcast. If you like what you hear and you want to read more about how to apply the Sabbath principle to your homeschooling, then get my new book, Just Breathe and Take a Sip of Coffee, Homeschool and Step with God. You can get it on Amazon. In our second session, The Sabbath Principle, How to Apply It to Your Homeschooling, it was much longer than our usual Coffee with Carrie podcast, so I went ahead and split it into two parts. This week's episode is part one. Next week, we'll finish up with part two. I hope you were encouraged by the story of Hannah in 1 Samuel chapters 1 and 2 this morning. With Hannah, we learn the importance of waiting on the Lord. Now, I want to talk about how to rest in the Lord and how to apply the idea of Sabbath to every aspect of our homeschooling. When my daughter was a baby and a toddler, she took these most wonderful power naps. The girl knew how to sleep. Her naps were like clockwork, too. I could count on her to go down around 1, 1 and then sleep soundly until 3, 3.30. Sometimes she would even sleep for three hours. And she spoiled me rotten. I was a baby Christian at the time, so during those three-hour power naps, I devoured the Bible. I cooked. I was working on my first book, so I wrote and edited while she was napping. And sometimes I even napped myself. You know, I thought I was the best mother around, too, because my friends would tell me how hard it was for them to get their toddlers to sleep and to stay asleep when they were napping. And here I was. I was the master of nap kingdom. I mean, really, what was the big idea about all this? Anybody could do it, right? Well, (laughs) you know the saying, pride goes before a fall, right? So then came my second child. My son has been in perpetual motion since the moment he was born. He's my early riser, never took naps, and he fought going to sleep every single night. Now, when I say he never napped, it's not much of an exaggeration. Sometimes I could get a 20-minute nap out of him, or if we were driving someplace, he would sometimes give in. But as soon as the car engine was turned off, he was wide awake and raring to go. He wore me out, and truth be told, he's still a ball of energy and still can run circles around me. Sometimes I get tired just watching him. But after my son was born, I realized my daughter's napping skills and sleeping habits had nothing to do with my superb mothering skills. (laughs) It was God just getting me ready for Joe. I was also very appreciative of the rest I was able to get every day when my daughter napped. I had taken it for granted, and I didn't realize just how much I needed those reprieves until my son came along. I quickly began to realize that after my son was born, how important it was to rest each day and to rest weekly, monthly, and even yearly. 
And that's why I loved going to Sally Clarkson's mom's heart conference once a year. It was my once a year weekend long break. I looked forward to them every year. Now, for those of you who have read my book, Just Breathe, you know that the book is divided into two sections. The first section is all about applying the Sabbath principle to your lives, homes, and homeschooling. So this morning, I wanted to share with you some of the biblical principles in the book, but for this weekend, I also wanted to share lessons that I've learned since the book was published and to give you a few post-COVID Sabbath advice. So this morning, we're going to be talking about four areas of rest, the Sabbath day and the idea of double portions, taking a Sabbath hour, planning a Sabbath week, and possibly taking a Sabbath year off of school. All right, so let's start at the beginning, literally. In Genesis, God gave us a mandate to rest. He commanded Adam and Eve, and then later the Israelites, to honor the Sabbath. And we're all familiar with these verses. In six days, God created, and on the seventh day, he rested and enjoyed his creation. We know we're to rest and honor the Sabbath, but what does that really look like? And as homeschooling moms, are we really obeying these commandments to truly rest in the Lord? What might it look like if we applied the Sabbath principle not just to one day a week, but maybe even to our month, our year, and each and every day? How can we apply this idea, this concept, this principle of the Sabbath to our homeschooling? Well, first, let's look at the word rest itself. Now, we know that rest is a verb. But rest is also a noun. Rest in its Latin form is requiem. It could mean a lot of different things depending on the context it's used. But in the Bible, it can be used as cessation of motion or action of any kind, to rest from labor, to rest from mental exertion, to rest the body, it's quiet, a state free from motion, a state of reconciliation with God. It can mean sleep, peace, a place of quiet, cessation from toiling and planting, and our final hope. But rest is also a verb, and in Latin, it's resto. It can mean several things, like to cease from action or motion, to stop, to cease from labor, to be quiet or still, to be undisturbed, to cease from war, to be quiet, tranquil, to be free of fear, anxiety, and other passions to rest, to sleep, to slumber, to stand on, to be satisfied, to lean, to trust, to rely, to abide, to be calm and enjoy peace of conscience. So depending on the context, the word rest has many different meanings in the Bible. When rest is used as a verb and applied biblically, it can have two main applications. One, to cease from activity, and two, partake in a restful activity. This may seem like a paradox, but the Lord calls us to take a Sabbath. When we're resting from our work, we're also engaging in an act of worship. And as homeschooling moms, sometimes we need to rest from labor or to cease from activity. But sometimes we need to just rest by doing something we love as a form of relaxation. We can spend an hour, an afternoon, a day, or even a week truly resting or we can spend that time engaged in a restful activity that brings us joy and peace. When we apply the word rest to trusting in the Lord, then when we rest in the Lord and in his plans for our family, 
then it's truly an act of worship. So let's take a look at the Sabbath day, a day of rest, and this idea of double portions. God calls us to set aside, you know, time to rest, to rest in Him, to worship, and to remember Him. And it all begins in Exodus 20, verses 8 through 11. Remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. Now the Lord expounds on how to apply this command in Isaiah 58, 13 through 14. It says, If you turn back your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight and the holy day of the Lord honorable, if you honor it, not going your own ways or seeking your own pleasures or talking idly, then you shall take delight in the Lord, and I will make you ride on the heights of the earth. I will feed you with the heritage of Jacob your father, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Now look at the promises given in this verse. If we honor the Sabbath by taking time to worship and to praise the Lord, we shall delight in the Lord. We shall ride the heights of the earth, and God will feed us with the heritage of Jacob. When honoring the Sabbath and truly resting in the Lord, we will have the time to taste and see the goodness of the Lord. We'll witness His graciousness. We'll see His fingerprints in our lives and we'll fully understand that the Lord delights in us and in our families. We'll be blessed with the joy of the Lord and with a peace that surpasses all understanding. Now it says, when we honor the Sabbath and truly rest in the Lord, we will ride on the heights or ride in the high places of the earth. Now in this verse, high places also means strongholds. Therefore, by honoring the Sabbath and spending time in worship, we'll be able to defeat those things that hold us back, those strongholds in our lives. We'll be able to ride over them and possess them. When we take time to truly rest, we're given the strength needed and the power of the Holy Spirit to overcome whatever obstacles that are in our way. We'll be able to defeat any spiritual strongholds that the enemy uses to keep us feeling defeated and we're given the power to take our thoughts captive. Now it also promises that when we honor the Sabbath and truly rest in the Lord, we will feed on the heritage of Jacob. Now spiritually speaking, this means we will possess the land promised to us. So if God has called you to homeschool, then your land is your home and your homeschool. So if we delight in the Lord and make his ways our priority, then he will give us possession of our land or our homes and homeschooling. So to bring this home, let me read to you the version in the message. It goes like this. If you watch your step on the Sabbath and don't use my holy day for personal advantage, if you treat the Sabbath as a day of joy and God's holy day as a celebration, if you honor it by refusing business as usual, making money and running here and there, then you'll be free to enjoy God. Oh, I'll make you ride high and soar above it all. I'll make you feast on the inheritance of your ancestor Jacob. So you see, if we truly dedicate our lives, our families, our homes, and our homeschooling to the Lord, then we will be free to enjoy the Lord. Our stress and anxiety will be replaced with joy and delight. We will ride high above it all and soar we won't just get through our days and our weeks and our year, but we'll soar high above them all. God won't just give us what we need, but we will feast on the blessings of his promises. 
So how can we apply honoring the Sabbath to our lives, homes, and homeschooling? Are we really taking time each week to honor the Sabbath, to honor the Lord? What can we begin to do this week to truly honor the Sabbath each week? Are we really resting in the Lord for the week ahead? Are we spending time worshiping God for how he provided for us in the week before? Are we ceasing from normal tasks of the week to worship with other believers, to worship with our family? Are we refusing to do business as usual, running here and there? And are we really taking time to enjoy the Lord? I'm sure you have your own ways to honor the Sabbath. The obvious way is to worship on Saturday or Sunday with your church family. And with this crazy COVID year, our corporal worship on Sundays has been interrupted. And thank God for churches and pastors who haven't backed down or caved in and who have been meeting in person so believers aren't forced to forsake fellowshipping together. Now for me, I don't really cease from activity on Sunday. I do a restful activity that brings me joy. So I cook. (laughs) I usually spend my Sundays after church cooking for the week. For me, cooking isn't work. It's a joy and it brings me much pleasure. But I have dear friends who love to spend time at the beach or hiking or in nature on Sundays after church. It doesn't really matter what you do or don't do. The idea is to spend some time each week truly resting in the Lord. Now, the best way to honor the Sabbath and not get sucked into business as usual, and the best way not to rob your peace and to rest on the day of Sabbath, is to maybe try applying the principle or the idea of double portions to your homeschooling. Now, in Exodus 16, we find the story of Moses, the Israelites, and their daily meals of manna and quail. The Lord always provided just enough for the day. They were to take only what they needed for the day and to trust that God would again provide exactly what they needed the next day and then the day after. If they hoarded food, it would only rot and spoil. But the Lord also told the Israelites it was okay to gather twice as much on the sixth day that this portion wouldn't spoil and that they would use it on the Sabbath. In verses 21 to 26, it says, Each morning, everyone gathered as much as they needed, and when the sun grew hot, it melted away. On the sixth day, they gathered twice as much. This is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow is the day of Sabbath rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. So they saved it until morning as Moses commanded, and it didn't stink or get maggots. Eat it today, Moses said, because today is a Sabbath to the Lord. You will not find any of it on the ground today. Six days you are to gather it, but on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there won't be any. So I like to apply this principle of double portions to my week and to my Sabbath. One way to do this is to prepare for your next week of homeschooling on Fridays. Now on Friday, when your lessons are done, take time to prepare for next week before the weekend even starts. What needs to be done is still fresh in your mind, and then if you wind up running errands on the weekend, you know exactly what you need to get for next week's lessons while you're out. If you set time aside on Friday afternoons to plan for the following week, it will give you time to truly rest in the Sabbath. Using this double portion idea, it keeps your Sunday or your Sabbath holy and restful, and it keeps your Mondays from becoming super hectic and crazy. I don't know about you, But if I wait until Sunday night or Monday morning to plan our week, I always feel like I'm behind before we even get started. 
Now, David reminds us in Psalm 127 too. He says, It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil. So, how can you reorganize your schedule in order to use this principle of double portions in your homeschooling? Well, maybe you can even start planning a four-day week and use Fridays or Mondays for things like park day and field trips and nature days or co-op days and dare I say, a rest day. (laughs) We've utilized a four-day week approach for many years. It allows me even more time to plan and prepare and it gives me much needed wiggle room for when the kids get sick or for special days that come up or doctor's appointments, unexpected emergencies and some of those interruptions. You know, God promises to give us exactly what we need each day so that we can truly rest on the Sabbath. Six days you will gather and work, so on the seventh day, there's no need to work. You can truly rest in the Lord that he will provide all you need. All right, so let's now look at how to apply the idea of Sabbath to our day. Incorporate a Sabbath hour or an hour of rest each day. I've never been a nap person, but my natural body's rhythm requires some quiet time mid-afternoon. I'm mentally and physically exhausted by 3, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. I used to call it the bewitching hour in our home when the kids were little. If one or all of us was going to fall apart that day, it usually happened in the late afternoon. Yours might be a different time of the day, or perhaps it's even the evening time. Not only does God call us to rest and worship once a week, but he also calls us to take time each day to rest, refocus, and reset as a way to get replenished. In Mark 6, verse 31, Jesus told his disciples, Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they didn't have leisure time to even eat. Jesus called his disciples to take time each day to be by themselves, even to go to a desolate place if necessary to rest a while. And we see in Mark 1 verse 35 that Jesus took time each day to rest and spend time with the Father. It says very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. So y'all, if Peter, James, John, and Jesus himself had permission to take a break, girl, so do we. It's important for our mental, spiritual, emotional, and physical health to take a little siesta, no matter what that break might look like each day. Now, for me personally, reading the Bible mid-afternoon never worked for me. I can't concentrate come mid-afternoon while everyone is wide awake doing 5,000 different things, and I know I have so many school loose ends that I have to tie up. I just can't concentrate. But worship music, now there's the ticket for me. I may not be able to concentrate on God's word in the middle of the day, but I sure can worship him in song. My saving grace, especially when the kids were younger, was taking a walk mid-afternoon or taking a ride to get a treat, and we would listen to worship music as we walked or we did errands. The words soothed my soul and eased my four o'clock scatterbrain. So how can we apply the Sabbath principle on a daily basis? What might an hour of rest look like for you each day? Maybe it's as simple as going outside in the backyard and watching your kids play, or maybe even just coloring with your kids. Maybe your Sabbath hour is your time to read a devotional or listen to a podcast or do your Bible study, maybe even get some exercise. What does your personal quiet time look like? 
Is it consistent? Do you spend time with the Lord on a daily basis? How can you prioritize or reorder your time to make time for a coffee date with Jesus every day? Now that we know what a Sabbath break might look like each day, what can we do to make it happen each day? Well, the easiest thing to do is to schedule it, plan it, and keep it. Now, let me ask you this. What might an hour of rest look like for each of your children? It might be reading, drawing, listening to music or an audiobook, playing with Legos, doing a puzzle, maybe even taking a nap. Remember, biblical rest doesn't always mean to cease from activity, which of course is good too. It can also mean doing a restful activity. So think about it. What can you start to do or go back to doing that will give you and your children a Sabbath break during the day? A Sabbath rest each day is basically giving your brain and body and your kids' brains and body a much-needed break. It's important that we go away by ourselves to a desolate place and rest a while each day. Thank you for hanging out with us and for joining me for this little coffee break. I hope you enjoyed the first part of the Sabbath principle, how to apply it to your homeschooling session that we had at our mom's conference a few weeks ago. If this is your first time joining us, you can find us at our website, coffeewithcarry.org. We also have daily devotions and homeschooling tips at our Instagram account, Coffee with Carrie Consultant. Don't forget to check out my new book, Just Breathe and Take a Sip of Coffee, Homeschool and Step with God. If you heard something you like, then share our podcast with a friend who might need a little encouragement this week, or share it with a friend who desperately needs a Sabbath break. If you haven't already, we would love for you to subscribe to Coffee with Carrie podcasts and then take a few minutes to leave a little review. Thank you in advance for listening to us every week and for sharing our podcast, book, and homeschooling mom ministry with your friends. We're so very honored and grateful. It's our prayer that our website, our homeschooling consulting services, our podcast, and our new book will help you homeschool one step at a time, one day at a time, and one cup of coffee at a time. We're praying for you. Stay healthy. God bless. And don't forget to come back next week for part two.